Are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to die for your faith in Jesus Christ? Welcome to the Jesus Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Roundtree. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Freedom Podcast. Today's title for this episode is Declaring War on the Spirit of Fear. The questions that were mentioned in the beginning was, are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to die for your faith in Jesus Christ? The best answer is an honest answer. The answer to these two questions, though, are very crucial to overcoming fear in our heart. Why is that? Because if you think about it, what are you afraid of? What you are afraid of can be put into about four different categories. Number one, loss of life. Number two, loss of health. Number three, loss of finances. Number four, loss of relationships. Let's expand on that a little bit. So maybe you're afraid that you will lose your life in some type of way, or you're afraid you're going to lose the life of a loved one, a parent or a child or someone significant to you. Loss of health. Maybe you're afraid you get a terminal disease, or you're afraid you may get injured in a car accident and be permanently disabled. Next is finances. So for the average person, their fears may be uh, they may lose their job. They won't be able to pay their mortgage. They might struggle to put food on the table. There are people living paycheck to paycheck to, to do that even now. So uh, for people who maybe have more money or could be considered wealthy, they may have fears of being sued, fears of losing their investments in their wealth and losing their status, and maybe friends or family thinking they're cool. They may feel like a failure. So that loss of lifestyle, that would be some fears that people face in regards to finance. Also, there are fears in relation, you know, in regards to relationships. So, I mean, you may be afraid your spouse might leave you or divorce you or, you know, a family, a friend may betray you. Uh, You know, sometimes we, we have friends, whether they're really close or maybe they're not you know, super close, but sometimes his friends just leave and there's no explanation. Sometimes people have, you know, maybe this has happened to them, so they really have a lot of fear in regards to, the, regards to um, loss in relationships. Uh, the good news is, though, is that Jesus has answers for all of these types of losses and fears that we do face in life. And he was a man and he faced these fears. And he was also an example of someone who lived a fearless life. So the one thing we want to do, though, is we we have to make a decision. And that decision needs some resolve to declare war against a spirit of fear that that seeks to build a stronghold in our heart. So in a moment, we're going to look at a scripture in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus mentions that helps give some insight on how we can fight fear and keep fear from being rooted in our hearts. But before I do that, I just want to mention, you know, just one thing about the the culture of fear and then also, you know, start showing how Jesus lived a fearless life. So for the last two years, 
we've really had a culture of fear, especially with COVID. Now, it, even before that, but it's very much intensified and escalated with COVID. I mean, we were told to be afraid of the virus. You might, you might die. You might be hospitalized. You know, later on, uh, there, the country went into really division because we were, you know, some people were told to wear masks. Some people didn't want to wear masks. So the people you know, were told if you wear a mask, you should be afraid of people who don't wear a mask. And people who don't wear a mask should be, should be afraid of people who do wear a mask because they're spreading the virus. This went on to the vaccine to, you know, if you have the vaccine, be afraid of people who do not have it. And if you do have the vaccine or you don't have the vaccine, be afraid of those who do because they're spreading the virus. The thing that probably made me the irritated me the most personally is when they said, if you have zero symptoms, you know, don't go over to your grandmother's house because you might kill her. I mean, that's that's crazy, but an irrational. But these were the type of messages that have uh, been been spread through the media and through political leaders, but it's been going on a while. I mean, we can go into other cultural issues like racism. You know, white people should be afraid of black people. Black people should be afraid of white people. You know, Americans should be afraid of immigrants. Immigrants should be afraid of uh, Americans. Uh, So there's this, you know, fear of this person, fear of that person, fear here, fear there, fear everywhere. But... Jesus lived a different type of life. He lived a fearless life. And some examples of that is, you know, one of the things he did is he went into the the temple and he, you know, turned over the tables and he challenged the current leadership because of their corruptions. You know, one thing he also did is after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he went into the wilderness and then afterwards he came into his hometown, Nazareth, where he grew up. You know, folks knew him. He went in there and he opened the scroll of Isaiah 61 and he quoted that and said it would be fulfilled. And he made some other statements about um, during the days of Elijah. You know, there was a widow that was hungry and she was not even an Israelite. And, you know, God didn't send Elijah to the Israelites or to this particular, you know, in this story. And he sent it to this widow who was a Gentile and these comments enraged these people who knew Jesus, and they ended up trying to throw him off a cliff. But he just walked right through. You know, another thing Jesus did is he really irritated the Pharisees is he healed on the Sabbath. Now, you know, to us, maybe in the West, that doesn't really make any sense at all. And even as someone who's read the gospel many times, I just, you know, it's just like you just want to knock the Pharisees upside the head a little bit. You know, they told Jesus, like, you know, there's six days a week, you know, heal on those days, you know, because it's it takes a lot of work for God to heal. I mean, he spoke the world into existence, and that would take so much work for God to heal somebody. And Jesus, you know, told him, hey, the Father's always working, and he cares about his children. You know, and he heals, I remember he heals a woman, and he said, you know, it's right that she should be healed and healed on the Sabbath. So Jesus humiliated some of his opponents. And, you know, there's another example where he healed somebody on the Sabbath that gives us insight into fear is, you know, he healed the man who was born blind. 
and he put mud in his eyes. He told him to go wash, wash it out. And he, he went around and people recognized him. And he ended up in front of the Pharisees and the Pharisees were questioning him. And I guess they were skeptical. And so they went and got his parents and the parents were like, you know, he's an adult. You should just ask him. And the reason they said it is because they were afraid because the Bible says that the Pharisees, you know, would kick someone out of the synagogue if they acknowledged Jesus was the Messiah. And so this happens sometimes. Sometimes even good Christian leaders can use fear in a bad way. There is a healthy fear, the fear of God and the fear of consequences. You know, if you have a child that's running towards a hot stove, you want to tell him to stop so his hand doesn't get burned. I mean, this is just common sense. But, you know, outside of the, the faith, though, in the world of politics, and even in the business, many times people, they use fear. They use fear because they are afraid. But some other examples of things Jesus of things Jesus did where he kind of, you know, was fearless is he was not afraid to associate with people who had a bad reputation, like Zacchaeus. You know, he was a tax collector. To many of the Jews, he would be considered a traitor. The, the, the Gospels, you know, they just couldn't believe Jesus would hang out with somebody like that. You know, another example is... Jesus was eating dinner, and a woman pours oil over his head and begins kissing his feet. And what do they say? Man, if this man was a prophet, if he only knew, he would, he would know what kind of woman this is. And Jesus, you know, tells a parable about, you know, forgiveness and love. You know, so Jesus crossed these taboo boundaries of race, religion, and gender. He challenged the corruption of the Jewish leaders. It's important to know that all, not all of the Jewish leaders were corrupt. It was a uh, a good portion of them, maybe 50%, I don't know exactly. They were envious of him. You know, and it's also, I think, kind of important to to note that they, they knew Jesus was doing miracles. They wasn't skeptical. One man actually made the comment, he said, will the Messiah do more miracles than this man? Meaning that Jesus did so many miracles, so many signs and wonders that there was no disputing that he did miracles. And Jesus said, you know, if you don't believe what I say, believe the works that I do. With those things said, though, uh, Jesus, you know, he did show us how to live a fearless life. It's not enough to just say no to fear, but we must say yes to love. Jesus ultimately chose willingly to suffer because of his great love for us. He wasn't afraid, but he desired to be in a relationship with us, and he was willing to pay the highest price. Jesus said, no one takes my life. I lay it down, and I take it up. So Jesus was willing to suffer, and he wasn't afraid to suffer and we need the love of God. The love of God helps root out fear. The scripture even says that perfect love casts out fear. But let's move into this a transition and let's look at Luke chapter 12. Now we're going to look into a few insights that Jesus gave us on how to overcome fear. This comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 12 verses 4 through seven and it says Jesus says I tell you my friends 
do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has the authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So the first insight that Jesus gives us and he tells us is that we should fear God. So what is what does that mean to fear God or the fear of the Lord? So the Bible tells us in the Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is to turn away from evil. In other words, is to seek to do what's right and turn away from doing what's wrong. It also says the fear of the Lord is humility. That means you recognize your great need of God, that you're a sinner and you greatly need him. You need his grace. You need his love. You need his forgiveness. You need his strength to live a righteous life or a holy life. You need his strength. You need his love to walk in love. You need his love to forgive those who hurt you. The fear of the Lord also means to to have an understanding of who God is, uh, meaning God sees everything. As the psalm, psalm says in 139, it says that God sees even our innermost thoughts. Even before we speak, He knows what we're going to say. He sees when we wake up. He sees when we go to bed. There is nothing you can hide from God. So, and the good news is if you're a believer, you don't have to do that. You can be, you can have an honest conversation with God, even with the negative things in your life. Now, there's another psalm I'm thinking of where it, it mentions where the wicked, they don't really believe this or they don't want to believe this. They don't want to acknowledge that God sees every sees everything. So they don't believe God sees everything. So therefore, that's why they do wicked. So the second insight that Jesus gives is for us to be confident that God loves us. You know, he mentions the sparrows. I mean, you know, have you ever seen a sparrow or bird starve to death? As a matter of fact, like generally speaking, you don't really see any wild animals that die of starvation. They may die of other means. You know, a deer may get hit by a car. But normally you don't see animals, you know, walking around or flying around, starving to death or just dying of starvation. And Jesus' point is, you know, if I take care of the animals, I take care of the sparrows, then you and you are more valuable than them, then how much more will I take care of you? And, you know, it's, it's important for us to understand that he loves us. You know, this is what the scripture says. It says it's not that we love him, but he loves us. And he demonstrated his love for us while we were yet still sinners. And, you know, if he laid down his life for us while we were sinners, 
you know, once again, how much more will he do for us when we start following him? Jesus says, you know, if you ask your parent, your, your, you know, your mom or dad or mom and pop for a piece of bread, they're not going to give you a snake or a stone. You know, they're going to give you bread. And he said, if your parents, your, you know, your natural parents know how to give you good gifts, then how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit? And, and it says, you know, every good and perfect gift comes from the father. Now, we do go through seasons in our life, you know, where we may be tested or we're, we're struggling through a situation you know, and we don't know how we're going to pay the bills or food is going to get on the table. But Jesus tells us not not to worry, but to trust in God because he's going to take care of us. And he's and even, you know, if the, the situation gets hard, then he will give us the strength to go through it. And there was a book I read. It was called Trapped in Hitler's ha- uh, Hitler's Hell. Uh, it's a story of Anita Dittman. It's an amazing book. I recommend it. She was half Jewish, half German during World War II. And, you know, she ended up being put in a labor camp, which was actually better than the concentration camps. But she she struggled through with, you know, hunger. And when you look at the situation, in some ways she probably should have died. But somehow, miraculously, you know, she not only she survived, um, I'm not sure if she's still alive now, but she lived up into her 90s, I believe. So she went through a hard time. She struggled, but God was with her and did many, many things for her. Another story in the book that I remember is she began to have this problem with her leg where her leg got badly infected. And she was in a hospital and she was getting treated and she wasn't really getting treated well because of who who she was. She was half Jewish and there was this hatred. And so what happened was the Russians actually took that city and they took over that hospital and the soldiers raped most all of the women. But then when they came to her and they, you know, they pulled off her clothes and they saw the infected leg, they moved on and she, she wasn't, wasn't raped. So you know, this is a good example where it says, you know, if we, we love God, all things work together for good. It, her her leg was infected. It was just, I mean, she was in a bad situation, but God used that, that situation, that bad leg, to spare her from an even worse tragedy of rape. In this life, we're going to face many fears. We're going to face many challenges. It's not going to do us any good if we just kind of run from them and hope we're never going to be afraid or just kind of hope we barely get through it. What we need to do is we need to take some initiative and we need to prepare our hearts. And one of the ways we can do that is by, you know, meditating on the scriptures. The scripture says that God's not give us a spirit that makes us slaves so that we live in fear again. Rather, he's given us a spirit of sonship where we cry to him at a da- Abba Daddy. And the scripture is filled with other scriptures of people who were in tough situations and they cried out to God and God heard them. You know, that's because he's a gracious God. He's gracious, he's full of compassion, he's slow to anger, and he's abounding in mercy. 
So I just want to encourage you. Just look, think about this scripture. David was hunted down like a dog with 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 the king, the man who had the most authority trying to kill him. And David says this. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Even when the wicked advance against me to devour me, my enemies and my foes, they will stumble. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me. Even still, I be confident. You know, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in the times of trouble. You know, even though the mountains fall into the sea and the earth gives way and the, the world is shaken in so many ways that we can trust God to be our refuge and he can tr- we can trust Him to be our strength. You know, it says, cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you and the righteous will never be shaken. Jesus goes on to say, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And Hebrews 13 says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? In summary of how do we fight fear in our lives. Number one, we fear God. Scripture says the fear of man is a snare. So we want to fear God more than we fear man. We want to know and we want to trust and be confident that God loves us. I mean, we're more valuable than even the sparrows. We want to remember what God has done in our lives personally. We can look at also what God has done in the lives of others through the scriptures or through the stories of others on how people went through difficulties and hardships how they went through them and how God was with them and he was always faithful to them and he never left them. And ultimately we can look at Jesus and the cross and how he willingly suffered because of his love and that the scripture says in Romans that he pours his love in our heart. So we need God's love to overcome fear. And as a result of that, we want to love others. If there is someone in your life, maybe your family, your work, or your church that you are in strong disagreement with, then what do you want to do? You want to demonstrate the love of Christ. You want to show them some grace. You want to show them some patience and show them some gentleness. It's hard. I know sometimes those people are in our families, and we need God's wisdom to do that. I hope that you are blessed by this message. I would love your interaction. Any questions? You have, and there's no topic that is off limits. Any questions about the Bible, about Jesus, you can email me at jamieroundtree at gmail.com. That's spelled out J-A-M-I-E-R-O-U-N-D-T-R-E-E. I thank you for listening to this episode of the Jesus Freedom Podcast, and I hope you have a great day.